1: to make winning this season your best ever with MyBookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than MyBookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with MyBookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie and when you win, get paid. Today on the ZABEcast, boy, did Jay and I stir up a Texas A&M sized hornet's nest. We've got corrections and clarifications. My uncle Johnny sits in the Mobile Strike studio with my dad to talk about his retirement hobby of flying gliders over New Mexico. All that plus John Gruden now out in Vegas. I have thoughts. Your 35 minute uncensored Zave Express is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. Thank you for downloading. This is going to be time now for something completely different type of podcast. But I think you'll enjoy it. My Uncle Johnny and my pops talking about a wide range of things, including growing up with three other Polish brothers in Schenectady, New York. And of course, by the time Jay and I had finished our podcast last night, John Gruden got fired. And I'm like, I I text him back. I'm like, okay, quick. We got to recut the podcast. He like called me. He was going to do it. And I'm like, no, I'm not recutting it. We'll just talk. I'll talk about it today. You don't think this is the end of the story, do you? Of course not. Anyway, we'll get to that at the end of this podcast today. Let's start with some emails. This one from MD Good in Tampa. Hello, MD. He writes, potential pod topic. Zabe, I thought this might be a good podcast topic, but do NFL analysts actually watch games? (laughs) Oh, MD, good. You have hooked into a big one here. I listen and I watch them in order to help me make gambling decisions. I should probably limit my exposure. Oh, yeah. I'm not suggesting that they can't analyze, but I do not believe they even watch the games. What are your thoughts? <laughs> he also says on a local media side, do they watch the entire league or just emphasize this week's opponent? National, ESPN, Fox, etc. How much time does someone like Michael Strahan take to watch the league? He does GMA and game shows. I consider these guys pure entertainers and cannot bank on their info. Well, good. You can't. If I hear you are what your record says one more time, my head's going to explode. Any recommended sources for info? Why? Yes, I do. First of all, many analysts don't watch the games. They don't, not only do they not watch game film, which is tedious and work, but they don't even watch the games. I mean, they might, but it doesn't shine through. You as a fan probably watch more games, and you're thinking to yourself, did this guy watch any of the games? It really shows up when you're a network guy and you're calling a game involving your team. You know, as a fan of your team, everything there is to know. You read the papers, you read the articles, you follow the beat reporters, you listen to the sports radio. It's You watch the game, you watch it again, you talk with your friends. You know everything. And then this network guy has to fly in, get up to speed quickly, and try not to fuck things up. In fact, I think it would be a lot of pressure to be that guy. But the bigger the name, the less work they put into it. And a guy like Strahan. Strahan's a celebrity. Strahan is a TV personality. Like you said, he does game shows in Good Morning America. He just drops into that set on Sundays and steals a check from Fox. But, hey, good for him. I mean, doesn't steal it. Doesn't put a gun in anyone's ribs. They give it to him. They're like, here, we need that Michael Strahan. Who's a good source of information? Here's a couple. Warren Sharp, uh, Sharp Football Analysis, numbers guy, good. Brian Baldinger, NFL Network, follow him on Twitter. He does great Twitter film breakdowns, funny, informative, entertaining. Uh, Pro Football Focus is useful, although not always definitive nor entirely accurate. Uh, Football Outsiders is pretty good. Uh, there's an article I googled here, 30 Twitter accounts all NFL fans should be following. Forget all the news breakers. I mean, who cares? Greg, um, you know, uh, Peter King, Adam Schefter. I'm talking about do you, do these guys watch the games? The guys that watch the games include Greg Cosell, NFL Network. He does Edge NFL Matchup. Pete Prisco for CBS Sports is pretty good. Will Brinson as well for CBS Uh, Field Yates does a good job for ESPN, ESPN Boston. Uh, I'd say um, Kevin Clark from The Ringer is pretty good, but he's kind of branched out into doing more stuff beyond just X's and O's in football. Ross Tucker, Sirius XM, is good. And if there's other Matt Bowen is another one, Chicago Tribune, National Football Post, he's another good one, but no. Uh, The network analysts, and especially the pregame hosts, they don't know shit. Terry Bradshaw, he don't know shit. This one from PC. He writes, Zabe, first-time emailer, long-time listener. Thank you. I notice that you are now recording the shows in the mornings. Why not just drop them for us to listen when they are complete instead of waiting until the next day? At least the info is fresh and not a day old. P.S. I recently subbed to the premium show. Keep up the great content. Well, thank you, PC. I appreciate that. That's a good question. I'd be agnostic to that. I would push it out as soon as it's done. But there seems to be, for whatever reason, a rhythm, an expectation of every morning, Monday through Friday, 4 a.m., here, the food's out at the feeder food's out of the feeder, just sort of a routine. That seems to be the way of the podcast world. But I don't know. I'll talk to my web guru, my podcast guru, Chris Broussard, not that guy, the other Chris Broussard. See what he says about that. I get paid the same either way, as the saying goes. Now to the Texas A&M hornet's nest that Jay and I threw rocks into and giggled like these cadets they're fake soldiers they, they're they nobodies Jay's like fake 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 fake. I'm like I don't know bro I think there is a real military connection there couple of emails this one from Mark Freeman he writes Zabe just a couple of notes for you and Jay as an AM alum first ignore most of the other Aggies who reply with what a dumbass take you have to keep in mind that as a general rule The only happy Aggie is an unhappy Aggie. And some of my Aggie brethren take way too much offense to anything they consider remotely derogatory. So if you get any of those, take them with a grain of salt. I do and I am. Secondly, the bonfire was the most awesome event at the university, but it was abruptly halted in 1999 when the six-story log tower collapsed and killed 12 students. Twelve. I thought it was only a handful. Twelve. Bonfire was already under fire, pardon the pun, from the administration because of some violations of an assorted nature. So the death of twelve students was just the end of it all, and it gave the administrators a legitimate reason to halt it. There is still an unsanctioned bonfire, but it is devoid of any university affiliation, and the university makes sure that it is known that the off-campus bonfire is unsanctioned and not part of the university. They got carried away, six stories tall, giant logs being put in place by cranes, engineering students helping put it together. It's not enough just to get a bonfire. (laughs) That's the thing about fires. You build them, you always want them bigger. Also, writes Mark, rumor has it that although we probably can't compete with Wisconsin, there was a time when College Station and Brazos County was in the top 10 nationally in beer sales per capita. I will neither confirm nor deny if that was when I was a student at Texas A&M. Thank you, Mark. I don't know. Maybe you were. This one from Spencer Bennett. Zabe, Zabe, Zabe. You were right and should have trusted your instinct. Y'all were talking out your ass regarding A&M and its military history. Texas A&M has a very rich history in regards to military service. The type of information y'all were saying regarding our military service are the talking points that our rivals typically like to take. He then goes through the history of AM, starts out as an all male military college, uh, and then you know, World War II and the Corps of Cadets, and it's too long to really go through, but suffice to say there's plenty of military connections, history, and legitimacy, so my instincts were right, and Jay was talking out his ass. Jay was being an agitator. Anyway, he goes on to say, please pass this information on to Jay as well. Additionally, while Virginia Tech may not have a military-style band like we do, they have a very similar history starting out as an all-male military school. P.S. writes Spencer, I'm a long-time listener and premium subscriber. Thank you. I found your national show back in the early to mid-2000s. It was my brother-in-law who told me about it. He said, you need to listen to this guy on the radio. He's funny. And he plays a bunch of Simpsons clips. Being a huge Simpsons fan at the time, I started listening and was immediately hooked. Remember your number. Remember your number one summer in your daily zabe. You kept claiming that the sharks and stingrays were waging war against humans because there was a massive increase in shark attacks along the Gulf Coast. Yes, that was also the summer in which I believe um, Crocodile Dundee died with the uh, stingray. It's not Crocodile Dundee. It's the alligator man. Alligator Man or uh, Steve Irwin? Right, that guy. Anyway. Uh, I only bring that up because this year on Shark Week, they discussed that particular summer and how high the number of attacks were. Anyway, you know your history, but your national show was canceled, then picked up, then canceled again. After the last time, thanks to the new age of podcasts and internet radio, I was able to find your local DC show to get my fix. I have since started listening to your Milwaukee show, thank you, and the Capital Golf Gang, thank you. I promise, though, I am not a stalker. He goes on to say, here's some things I want to tell you that I've meant to write for a long time but didn't get a chance. One, thanks for introducing me to hockey. He said, I consider myself now a fan of the Capitals. Out of curiosity, listening to your DC show, I started to watch the playoff games in 2017, and I loved it. The next year, I started watching regular season games that came on TV down here in Texas. And of course, all the playoff games, I wish I would have found hockey sooner. I'm going to try to make the Caps game when they play up in Dallas this season. Good, I love it. Hockey's fucking great to watch. Uh, number two, he says, preach it, brother. Thank you for speaking with logic and reason during the Rona madness instead of just emotions. That's the biggest problem in the world today. People want to think and make decisions with their feelings. Three, to hell with the naysayers. I loved all your guests on these so-called random shows. Well, you might like this one with my Uncle Johnny and my dad. Fred Smoot, anytime you get that guy on your show, it's pure greatness. Love, Freddie Smoot. And finally, the Redskins, I feel your pain and do not blame you one bit for moving your allegiance to Green Bay. I grew up a huge fan of the Oilers. When they left, I didn't root for the Titans. I couldn't. Then the Texans came, and I'm like, yeah, I want them to win, but you know what? It isn't the same. I don't have the passion or rooting interest like I did for the Oilers. I'm sure you can understand. It would become a, I would become a super fan again if they were allowed to change their name and color back to the Oilers. It makes no sense, but as Jerry Seinfeld famously said, we're basically rooting for laundry. Thanks for all you do. Love your shows. Keep up the good work. You know, since the Titans abandoned the Oilers' name and the logo, and the Texans already have too much invested in their current name and logo, and I like the name and logo, and I like the color scheme. wonder who owns the rights to the Oilers and that oil rig. And if there was a financial way to make that switch, like let's say they grease the skids and they go, you know what, fuck it. Now that the Titans are the Titans, they're in Tennessee, they're done, they're not using their logo, guess what? Now the problem is the blue Titans still using that very light, that powder blue, but they've got more of a navy now, blue, with their helmets, which I think is badass, and their jerseys. Shit, I'd go back to the Oilers tomorrow. Let's do it. Sorry, Texans. (laughs) Are there any great... Texan's memories for the most part a bunch of wild card exits. Maybe you got it out of the first round once or twice. All right, without further ado, my uncle Johnny rolled through town on his way driving back from New Mexico with his impossibly upbeat and way too young-minded for her chronological age bride, Barbara. They're a perfect couple. And they they enjoy the hell out of their retirement days. Splitting time between Florida in the winter and New Mexico in the summer. And my Uncle Johnny, chemist by trade, retired, now flies gliders. And oh, did I have clusters!
2: I was the last of five, so I was raised with what I lovingly call benign neglect. Benign which, neglect? Yeah, yeah, which means. That I I'd, I'd, would come home on the weekends at 5 in the morning after we had breakfast because the bars we played in, the last call was 2 o'clock and the place closed at 3 and then it took an hour to pack up our gear. Then we had to drive an hour back to Schenectady and then we'd go to breakfast. So I'd stumble in the house around five thirty six o'clock and my parents, you know, <laughs> they didn't care. I mean, I was 14, 15, 16 working in a bar.
1: So wait, Dad, Barbara, Aunt Barbara was the oldest. Right? Uh, no. Uh, Uncle, Joe. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe is the yeah. oldest. Yeah. Then Aunt Barbara. No, Helen. number two? Helen. Uh, Helen, I'm sorry. So, Not Aunt, yeah. Aunt Barbara. Yeah. yeah. Aunt Helen, number two. Then who's three? You, Dad? Yeah. And then Uncle, Uncle Tom. Yep. And then Johnny was the last. The baby. Correct. The baby. The baby. That's why. Did they wail on you as a kid, Uncle Johnny? Look, at when No? He he got special treatment. He did? You didn't pick on him. None of you got. First of all,
3: there there was always like a. there was a, like a four-year interval interval between kids. I'm four years older than Tommy was. Tommy was five years older than Johnny is. And my brother Joe is seven years older than I am. Okay. Yeah. My sister Helen is about four and a half years or five oh, older I, than I was. I, so. There is one
2: funny story about whaling. Uh, I, got, I don't want to get too distracted here, but there was one reverse whaling where we lived on Schenectady on Columbia Street, and we had a, t- a two-story home and uh, there was an attic. And one day, I don't remember the exact situation, but We were either playing hide and seek or something, and Jim comes up the stairs of the attic. Oh God! And I got him. (laughs) I got him with with a a pea pea shooter right in the center of the forehead. I was so and he was so pissed at me. He chased me, and I went down the stairs of the attic. Then I went down the stairs from the second floor to the first floor, which had a right angle or 180 degree turn. This is an unfinished attic. And, And just as I'm getting around the corner, he throws this cast iron... A uh, pistol. No, pistol. <laughs> pistol. It wasn't a real. It was a toy pistol, but it was cast iron. Yeah, all all With... toys
1: were cast iron back in the <laughs> yeah, day. right.
2: And, and he <laughs> threw it, and it missed me, but it hit the wall. And, oh, my God, if it hit me, it probably would have
3: killed me.
1: <laughs> well, thank God it didn't. Uh, for sure. Thank God yeah. it didn't. Yes, yeah, for
3: sure. Yeah. So,
1: I was so, so the number one thing I get asked all the time as a Zabin is— yeah. How is that pronounced, and what is the nationality? And I always say, "You told me, Dad, it was probably Chabanski back <laughs> in the day, and it's probably Chaban in the motherland of Poland, right. but we've called it Zabin right forever." Right,
3: right. right. Did and, your
1: and... did your dad, did grandfather call it Zabin? Yes, he did. Yeah. Why?
3: Uh, because, you know, you're in America, and everybody wants Americanized, and many, many, many people that came through customs to go come here from Europe, either they changed their name,
1: right. or they took uh, an uh, americanized pronunciation
3: Exactly and okay. and I had an uncle whose whose last name was Hasky, but his real name was Wojciechowski Wojciechowski Yeah okay. and he changed that to Hasky. Okay and a lot of people did that Mike was, Mike w- Platt Mike Platt the guy I used to go- golf <laughs> yes, with yes. his real name was Polacki. Oh, okay, and they changed right. it
1: to Platt. So, was was grandfather? Was he first generation or second generation? He was. He was. He was. He was. He didn't he was, come. He, he didn't
3: was, come he here from first, Poland. No, he was the first one born. In first his, one yeah. born in the yeah. country. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Just, All right. Yeah, I'm not, the, not the first of his not that. the first of his siblings. He had he had one or two siblings that were born in Poland. Yeah, but. His other four siblings were born here. His if I had changed, siblings. if I
1: had changed my name, yep. low-level celebrity that I am, right. to make it easier from a media standpoint, would oh, you I guys it, have, would I, you guys have been upset at me?
3: I had it picked out. What I had that? it
1: picked out for you. My, what was it, it, my name? Uh, I would have gone with Steve O'Neill. I, O'Neil. I would have gone no, with mom's no, 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 no. It side was, of it, the family. It was
3: going to be something close to it was going to be something close to Sabin, but it was going to be like <laughs> who's the guy that was the astronomer on W Carl Sagan. Sagan. It was going to be Sagan. Steve
1: Sagan? Exactly. Yeah. Steve Sagan. Exactly headline right. news. Exactly
3: right. Yeah. Somebody
1: <laughs> said I should be Steve Reno, because that sounds good. <laughs> Steve
3: areno I'm yeah.
1: glad I'm a Zabin. And I shortened it and, to Zabe because my what. friends call me Zabe in college. I'll tell you so what. So there you go.
3: One of, the, one of the great satisfactions of my life, and I didn't have a particular uh, lock to this name, was that you took the name you were born with and you ran with it put it it out there and you ran with it and i thought by god this
1: guy has got it is unique (laughs) class i just didn't know any better no and it's and and the uniqueness of it i think has worked out in the end
3: and you decided to you know to stay with it and you know it's i thought
1: that's pretty dang good you know do know, do you know any other Zabins out there there's so few there or Chauvin. No, there
3: are well, a we, few. we know we know the coach whose name's S A B A N I know. No, yeah, no. There then, there
2: are if you look in the dictionary when or the phone book in the old days when you had such things, there we there we found a few families, but very few. Yeah. Uh and as far as we know, there's not an immediate
3: blood connection. I don't My th- my my uh father had a brother named uh, Bill, uh William Zabin, and he had Two sons, Larry and Bobby. And Bobby, oh no, Larry changed his name from CZABAN to CABAN, to Caban.
1: Uh, okay, uh, got rid of the Z.
3: Yeah, and that lasted as far as I can tell for about five years or yeah. so. He I should have by- gotten
1: rid of the C a long time. Yeah, well, well, that's, sure. that's right. right. But I then would- I'd be called last in school because I'm a Z. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I've right. been a lot of benefits I so would have forfeited with getting rid of the C. Yeah, so but was. ordering shit would have been a lot easier. <laughs> Charlie's uh-huh. I, you know what I say on the air. Charlie Zulu Alpha Bravo, right. Bravo right. Echo. Yeah. Right,
3: See? right. Now I was I, I tell you I've never told you this, but I've been I've been for my life gratified that you were so willing to take what you had and run with it. Oh, Dad, yeah. thanks.
1: Yeah, seriously. You're just more gra- grateful I'm not on the payroll anymore. You know? <laughs> I am. I got off your payroll I, pretty I, quickly, I, uh, all things I am considered. Very ha- I am very happy yeah. about that, too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so Johnny is in the van here. Johnny, is tri- you're traveling back to Florida where you live from New Mexico with your beautiful new bride, Barbara. Yes, Barbara. When did you get married again? Uh,
2: September 2001. 2019. 19.
1: 2019, okay, yeah. yes. And... Johnny, you're retired. You're a chemist by trade, yep. but a man of science to boot. He's the smartest of all the brothers, uh, has right? Has to be. yeah. Right, Absolutely. question okay. Absolutely. I'm it's not
2: the richest, smart. I can tell
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Uncle Johnny's big hobby is flying, hang, not hang gliders, gliders. Right? Yes, correct. Gliders.
2: Gliders, yes. What the hell are you doing,
1: Uncle Johnny? Yes. Yeah, nuts. No,
2: listen, here's one thing. You need to understand that if... When you finish your career and the, your main driver in life is, is retired, you have to keep yourself active. Right. And I can't tell you a more intense time than when you're in an airplane without an engine right. and you have to keep it in the air. Right, uh, And the only way you can do that is to find uh, some hot air that's lifting off the ground. Um, you can think of a, a lava lamp like a bubble of hot air. And if you can get in that bubble, you can ride it as high as it can go until it condenses into a cloud. Or you can ride along a mountain ridge. But the point is, it's almost entirely preoccupying. You cannot worry about your aching foot. Your aging parent, or a conflict at your workspace, your brain is so totally engaged with staying aloft in this airplane, it's really refreshing.
3: Yeah, but you know what? Before he long, rather long before he retired or left his, you know, practice of his profession, he had owned a Piper Cub aircraft powered aircraft I did not know that. Yes, he did. He you took a, me You had a
1: Piper Cub, huh, Johnny? Well,
2: it was probably a 150. I can't assess the 150. I don't know that I had a Piper Cub, okay. but it could have been. They're but, the same class almost. Was that
1: me. was that too boring for you? No, was it too it, easy? You know, I'll tell you what.
3: I'll, I'll tell you what. He took me he took me for a ride over the Scroon Lake and uh he banked the aircraft. that would be a new, in banked, new York screw like Yeah, yes. and he banked the aircraft, and I was so frightened by it that I leaned my body way over into his, almost laid on top of him. And he says, Don't do that, don't do that. You're going to make me bring the plane down, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But then I found out that after that, you know, we landed on a dirt little path in a cliff, basically. Uh, I thought, God, this guy is something. But then he flew this aircraft back to Boston. In the midst of a f- thunderstorm, I'm sure, and almost brought himself down, you know, in in, in a crash. I think, you know, I no, mean, I, I wasn't did, there. I did
2: have to stop in uh, Bar Harbor and wait it out. So yeah, you know, I didn't have instrument it, rating, and and I you've think, crashed once, right, Johnny? No, well, I've had crashes that are considered landings more than once. Well, yeah, well, I've had landings that were not considered. <laughs>
1: You know how many non-runway landings have you had? Oh, the one in Screwing was not a runway. <laughs> no, 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 I'm talking. Was, I'm talking. Was, I'm talking in the glider.
2: In the glider, oh. I've only had really two or three non-runway landings. Two and, or three? Yeah, those are crashes. They
1: are. They <laughs> are. <laughs> 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 and and you live to tell about it. So I that's did. And good. That's,
2: that's the key. Was it
1: close?
2: Well, it could have been. Uh, I was in Logan, Utah, flying on the ridge, and the worst thing in the world, you're told over and over and over again, don't get behind the ridge. Well, I was out with some other guys and their airplanes, and I was getting bumped around, and I was struggling to keep height, and I got on the back of the ridge and there was, I turned to the left to see if I could get out and the mountain was there. I turned to the right to see if I could get over the ridge to the right and the mountain was there. I had no place to go and I was in a mountain region where there was nothing but rocks and grass. <laughs> and by some bizarre strange situation, Barbara and I had been out the day before in an ATV that we rented playing in, in the mountainous terrain. There was a lake that we had a picnic lunch at, but I looked over to the, uh, I think it was to the west, and I saw this patch of flowers that we had seen when we were on the ATV. And I radioed to my guy, my friends, and I said, I am not going to make it over the ridge. I am, I am stuck. I'm going to, I'm going to go for this patch of flowers. And for some, I don't know why the good Lord decided it wasn't my day, but I got just enough height to get to this flower patch. I put the gear down. I put the flaps down, and as I'm coming in, there was a, there were rocks. I mean, big boulders and yes. rocks and shit. And I just, at the last second, I did a little pull-up to get over the ridge and set it down in the flowers, and within about 150 feet, the airplane just thumped into the grass, into the flowers, and stopped. And it it, it did a what they call a um, ground loop, where one wing grabbed right. the ground right.
3: and spun around, spun
2: me, and I stopped. And I sat there for like I don't know twenty thirty seconds, and I'm feeling all my body parts, and there was <laughs> changing nothing, his underwear. <laughs> there, was, there was nothing that hurt me. I didn't have, and I, I said. I didn't die. <laughs> I didn't die. So the guys who but were now
1: out, but now your glider is in the middle of fucking oh, nowhere. Th-
2: absolutely. How nowhere. do you get a
1: glider so here, out here, of the middle of nowhere? So
2: the two guys I were flying with, they each had single engine gliders. Uh, one, not single, single but single engine. seat. And okay. and they one guy saw me land. He said to his buddy, he said, "Yeah, Jack." I used the name Jack out west and he said uh, <laughs> just
1: keep ahead of the authorities right now yeah, exactly he's always been Uncle Johnny to you yeah. and I <laughs> he's Jack beyond the Rockies truly truly yeah. <laughs> that's about right actually they call him one-eyed Jack from Schenectady so, <laughs> wanted for killing a man in Cheyenne yeah no kidding okay I so had, anyway I had
2: no radio communication and no GPS uh, facility because at that time I didn't have the sophisticated equipment I have now but so you the couldn't even radio, you no, couldn't the radio anybody. Me. The guy saw me. Mm. He was on the ridge, and he saw me land, and he said, we'll come and get you. And that was the last time I could talk to them. Wow. And it took about four hours as the sun was coming down, and I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. The bugs were eating me up. I got in the <laughs> airplane, closed the canopy, and just waited. And then it gets so hot in what, there, I couldn't what time, stand
1: it. What time of year? Uh it was in the summer. Okay, so it was hot out.
2: It was hot.
1: Okay, so you hot. were not going to die of hypothermia. No. If you had stay if you if had had to stay overnight, tonight, you, you would have been fine.
2: It's possibly. Uh, would you be worried
1: could, about coyotes or any oh, kind I'd of animals? I'd be worried
2: about snakes and coyotes and <laughs> you know, it doesn't in that particular place, there were no cattle or cows, but if you land in a field where there's cows, they're curious. They'll come over and start nibbling on the airplane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, that's the least of your worries. The airplane's already fucked up. You're landing yeah. it in the rocks, right? You don't want them nibbling in you know your what? ears. I so after not, that, after I didn't hit yeah. one rock. Okay. I tore
2: the gear off the gear doors, not the gear, just mm-hmm. the gear doors, which is a trivial fix. And mm-hmm. after wow. they
1: come and got me. All because you and your not yet bride because you were not married at the time, right? Right. Had been out there ATVing, having yes. fun, like yes. you're 16 years old, Yes. but you're not, and you saw a little patch of flowers you could possibly land That's in, easy. and so you He's a listener. there. That's
2: yeah. exactly the right story. This is a beautiful airplane. Yeah, what I've got I a had.
1: picture up here, uh, article about how gliders fly and how they're different than power- powered aircraft. Yeah. So fast forwarding. After this, uh, your beautiful now wife said, "Okay, that's it with this bullshit hobby." Made you sell the airplane, and you never spoke of it. Oh no, that's not what she did. No, that's not. That's not what she did. She still encourages you to do this because she knows how much you love it, and she travels the country, helping be your spotter. And everything else. Oh, and, my God. You and you guys lived in a hangar in no, New Mexico for a half hangar. the year.
2: Two years ago, we bought a hangar. We have a crew quarters, which is allows <laughs> us to live comfortably. You and, live in an airplane hangar, yes, Uncle Johnny, for half yes, the year. for half a year. And, and Barbara is totally fine with it. Not only that, I land, she washes the wings of the airplane, <laughs> and she has dinner ready, and wine is chilled. And the life, this life is a fantasy.
1: Where did you find this woman?
2: My aviation friend, Larry Laxer, who was a Navy fighter pilot who had over 500 carrier landings, which is beyond my comprehension. He introduced me to Barbara and uh, it was love at first sight. It was just the most ridiculous fantasy yeah. romance you could imagine. That's and fantastic. she supports this flying uh, hobby. Oh, hobby, And we, 100%. Love, we love the people of Moriarty, New Mexico.
0: That's awesome. Good. Moms, at Vanguard, you're more than just a parent. You're the heart of the family. You're the first responder to any need. You can be the hero and the villain, sometimes on the same day. Because you know that in the end, your legacy is the values you instill in them. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner, because the future you're building is bigger than yourself. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.
4: Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty?
1: Good so folks. now, so now, Dad, Uncle Johnny's got a banged up air. Cr- well, not because of this crash, but there was another sort of crash you had recently yeah. where you didn't quite get to the runway right. at the correct angle. And besides, your you said your glider needs the regular maintenance that goes yes. with it, going to be like thirty thousand dollars. You said they now make powered gliders that you can get airborne on your own without having to be towed. That's right, but they're two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, give or take.
2: Plus or minus another hundred.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, mostly plus.
3: He wants me to split it with him or something?
1: (laughs) So, Dad, I'm sitting here in your driveway. And the boyhood home of my youth, seventy nine oh three Cup Lane, McLean, Virginia, mean streets of McLean. House you bought from here sixty six thousand dollars, right? Back less, in less than that. Sixty <laughs>
3: two? About fifty nine. Fifty nine <laughs> and
1: uh and grandpa Nick O'Neill thought you were crazy for doing it. Right. For like, sure. why are you paying all this money for this? That's for sure. Easy resale, turnkey, sell it in twenty four hours, a million dollars, right? Right. That's correct buy your brother an airplane (laughs) take out a second note and let's do this thing i know but you know
2: it's only a small portion of your equity
3: exactly i can can take out a second note and not give him any of it
1: (laughs) (laughs) what are you gonna spend it on though you play five dollar blackjack at the casinos I got 3 kids to think about. <laughs> We're off the payroll. <laughs> well, I'm worried dad needs a hobby better than blackjack, see No, no, Johnny, no, no. no, no. Johnny, I'm you've... getting I'm what? getting so
3: good at blackjack that I'm beating oh. the crap out of him every time. <laughs> I am.
2: Oh, here we go. Sorry. I've <laughs>
1: I'll stop take you me. with me, and we'll see. Okay, now that's good. I just don't want you to stop going to the sketchy casino in Pennsylvania. And
3: you say that all the time. Where you're going to get
1: fucking mugged and left uh, for dead? No,
3: it's pretty nice.
1: Stay good... at the one in Dover. Go out to uh, the one in West Virginia near me.
3: I don't yeah. like that one. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> he because don't like the table odds. You know the rules. Yeah, the rules and the limits and all that oh, sort of thing. You know, and sense. and and the clientele and who knows what else.
1: So, so Uncle Joe his big thing was fishing he was master fisherman he would take us out fishing we'd go up to schenectady family trips and i mean i was just mesmerized and you what... surprised us by buying, by catching the
3: biggest fish uh, one time went... i
1: caught the biggest one by luck but yeah. yeah but uncle joe was great in that regard uh uncle uncle tom may he rest in peace had the dirt car had the race car yeah. that he would take to the dirt tracks Absolute. in upstate New Honda, York.
2: Honda, I not mean, Honda, Fonda racetrack.
1: Right. Exactly. Right. And I, I remember as a boy, Johnny, being in uh, Uncle uh Uncle Tom's driveway in his garage, his covered garage, and he'd work on that race car and it was loud as shit, you know. No mufflers. Exactly. And, you know, I had the number one, the red, white, and blue, number one on the side. Big Daddy was his nickname yes, on, right. the, on the back of yeah, it. Yeah, right. I was blown away. I was like, holy sure. shit, is this real life? Oh, yeah. Uncle and, Tom and, has a race car. And we watched him race. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Did he ever win any money?
3: No. <laughs> not that I know of. I don't, I don't think so. Probably okay. not. Okay.
1: So Johnny's got gliders. Dad, you need a better hobby than blackjack. No, I like I'm not it. asking you to do anything risky, but let's get you bumped up in terms of hobbies. No, I like I like blackjack. No, yeah, that's good. Yeah.
3: That's a good thing to keep you busy. Yeah, exactly.
1: That that and replacing, you know, uh, memory cards on your computers upstairs.
3: Yeah, no, I'm not going to do memory cards so much anymore. But okay. blackjack, yeah.
1: How are your computers, by the way? Are they all in good shape? No, What's no. The matter? No.
3: They all need maintenance. I've have, I have five identical uh, second, first generation laptops uh, <laughs> that are all, and they and, and they're all running Windows 7, and y- you can't run any of the new programs on, on Windows 7. You can't run TurboTax, for example, on Windows 7 because it's not supported anymore, and so on and so forth. What so, What
1: is the model number of the laptop you have five it's copies e,
3: of? It's an E eighty three ten. It started out as a Fujitsu, which is yeah. Japanese name, and now Siemens joined them, Sie- uh, Fujitsu Siemens. Siemens is a revered German right. manufacturer, and then Siemens dropped out and Fujitsu dropped out, and so
1: there is no Fujitsu Siemens anymore. But in you terms swear of- it's the same model. And why'd well, you buy the same model? Five of them,
3: Dad. Yeah, because they were they were equivalent to what I started out with on laptops, which was probably in the nineties or or the early two thousands. Yeah,
1: but they're making them better now. Why do you want the old pieces of shit? Because their parts are com-
3: interchangeable. Yeah, they're very comfortable too, to me. <laughs> <laughs> they're comfortable. Yeah. You don't know, like the new stuff. And I've got them all set up, and you know, you hate to change things. And besides, then I have to get some versions of new software and everything, like, you know,
1: Word for Windows and all that stuff. Are you using TurboTax 96? I, I have Based it Based on. on the Bill Clinton tax code? Probably should upgrade <laughs> I that. Ab-
3: I absolutely have it installed on I'm sure you do. one or more of my five computers. <laughs> yeah. And I've got Windows 97, 98. I've got TurboTax 97, 98, 99, 2000, et
1: cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Grandpa was a tinkerer. Your dad was a tinkerer, right? He was, yeah. Big time. Yeah. And so that's kind of where you guys learned it. And, Johnny, you tinkered, obviously. You're I did.
2: I, I uh, didn't have the depth of... Brother Tom, and I never did some of the jobs that Brother Jim, your dad, did here in this garage. I mean... The stuff he's done was mind-bending. You mean on the
1: cars? Yeah.
2: Oh. Like brake was... jobs and
1: uh, Oh, that's the least of it. And... Do you know how many hours, Johnny, I spent on my back on that dusty-ass, cold-fucking-floor helping hold a flashlight or hold a, a socket wrench? uh Because he's working on some CV valve that should never be replaced in anyone's garage. <laughs> exactly.
3: Well, he came to visit one time. And he had had a history of fixing his own car. He had hoisted his engine up on a on a branch really? of a, a tree up in New
1: Jersey. No, you didn't.
2: It wasn't and, a tree. I, I got a tripod lifter. Uh, well,
3: I think it was... <laughs> it, it was in was, a parking lot of a condo.
1: I think, it was of, I, think, it.
3: <laughs> I think it was of necessity because he was just out of school, you know, and the money was, you know, important not to overspend, you know. Well,
1: sure. Do your own engine <laughs> But anyway, he repair. came
3: down to our house and... I had some projects going on in my car, and I tried to suck him into helping me with it. He wanted no part of it. Not only did he want no part of it, he started throwing stuff at the car and whatever. (laughs) He says, I'm out of here. You're not, I'm doing this. You know, I'm done with this. I did this before, and I ain't doing this anymore. (laughs) Well,
1: I enjoyed the time under the car with you in retrospect, Dad. I'm glad that we did it. I do worry about today's generation. Because they didn't do any of this kind of shit. Right, right. Hands-on stuff, real-world stuff, risky stuff. I mean, I jumped off of the bridge on the river near where Uncle Tom lived. Alplaws River. Alplaws River, Tommy. Would take us out there and be like, "Yeah, here's a spot we can go jump off this bridge piling into the oh water, twenty or so feet into the fucking river. No supervision, no permission from you I guys." I was no, I was not
3: in favor of that. I had a cousin who unfortunately did a very bad thing and dove into
1: paralyzed know, water. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Well, I and I, I didn't want any well, part we were, of you doing. We were it. unsupervised. Yeah, well, and and, and cousin I neglect. and cousin Danny from Alabama was the real. Rattle rouser or no wait that was on mom's side yeah right But there right. was somebody else who was like the real ringler. like come on don't be a pussy do this I it don't was i would i mean that sh- like no. that's the kind of thing i would have thr-
3: and- throttled the little bastard whoever
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but here's the thing we would go up there on family vac- vacations right. and you would turn us loose with the cousins and we would find our own entertainment
3: yeah, well, I didn't think there your was own no entertainment,
1: any- entertainment inside the house. I didn't
3: think your entertainment was going to be, you know, taking your bridges. life in your hand, you know. I didn't
1: think it was taking your life in your hand. It was like, "Uh, eh, it's water." Jump into it. What's the big it's deal? the Mohawk River. And Mohawk River, that's yeah. what it was. That's yeah.
3: what it was. To, uh, well, the in the Mohawk town
1: river. of Alplaz, yeah. In the town of Alplaz, but right. yeah. So it was that. It was catching night crawlers at night so we can go fishing, you know, because sure. they would come out in the summer. They'd lie on the cool grass. You'd have to sneak up and grab them and Abs- stuff like that. It was that. easy, yeah. 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 Above yeah. ground pool, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. So all that shit now, I mean, not only is it doesn't exist, but the way that parents are, the helicopter parents. Oh, God. are hovering over everybody. Yeah, you I know. know. Like, yeah, you it's terrible he be a kid. I don't I know, know if there's any solution to it. Not much.
3: Because now you know the iPhones the kids carrying around an iPhone and your parents can track them everywhere, every single place they're at. Can you know? track them and do track.
1: Them. Yeah, for sure. How about the times that I would go down to the creek down there, Dad? I
3: never knew how you guys got through from here to Seven Eleven, and you knew, <laughs> you knew there was a path through the jungle between here and Seven Eleven. What a jungle! It was. Wo- I didn't it was, even
1: know there was a jungle. It wasn't. It was jungle. It was woods of undeveloped neighborhoods. Yeah, like a jungle. Not quite. <laughs> 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 there was no there was no lions or tigers in there. It was no, okay. Right, but right. yeah. No, but in the seven eleven's probably about a mile away, I want to say. At least, yeah. yeah.
3: Well, about that, yeah. Let's we would it.
1: ride our bicycles two or three miles up to Tyson's Corner, Alan Abasi and I, to go play video games at the sub shop because that was the closest place they had an arcade style game.
3: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah you guys uh, would play Over there, at (laughs) where past where they used to ride motorcycles and motorbikes on the tombs and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, you know, this is the when I say the mean streets of McLean, I joke because obviously there's nothing mean about this neighborhood. It's beautiful suburban neighborhood, and you know, inside just outside the beltway in DC. But it was built pretty new. Yeah, yeah, and and underdeveloped so far at that point. Well, yeah, but the bottom line is process anyway. My generation, growing up in the '70s, you were outside, you did shit. And you had to organize too, Johnny. You had to organize with friends. You had to call Mike Planica and Greg, uh, to, what's his name, Giannopoulos or whatever, and get say get a pickup football game in the park, right? Pick up tackle football game Or who knows? You get your head cracked open, oh. separate a shoulder, break a leg, but whatever. It was tackle. Yeah, I know, I know, I know.
3: <laughs> I thank I thank heavens that you guys stayed whole through this all. Unbelievable, you know. It's like but what were you going to do? Say no? You couldn't. That's the thing, That's you know. The thing. I mean, I think you guys had enough common sense that you didn't overexpose yourself to, you know, ridiculous no, we risks. Have,
1: we, well, I guess there was always that certain thing inside going. Oh, I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah, right. Right, but, yeah, right. not totally common sense. So, Johnny, uh, what are you going to do for a plane? Are you I, keep well, flying I, I, gliders. Oh, or yeah, are we going to go yeah. to something experimental? No, no. What about powered hang gliders?
2: No. Powered I, parachutes. No. I what do you mean, no. They're all suicidal, if you ask me. I, uh, I'm happy with my one little single seat glider that you pull up with a rope and you get on the ground when you run out of hot air. Okay. So. What about?
1: Have you ever done paragliding? No. I did that in South Africa. I did it also in Wyoming. Wow. Yeah, where you run off the side of the mountain and you go. No. Yeah. You see, your you brother should, did that in Berkeley. Yeah. See, you should do that, Johnny. No. You as a man of flight would appreciate I it.
2: I am a little bit older and perhaps more fragile than you. I can't it's do not,
1: that. No. It's, it doesn't hurt. You <laughs> land gentle as a butterfly. What are you talking about? <laughs> You've you right. crashed your Kill glider your... three times. You're worried <laughs> about doing what I did with no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I am not
2: jumping off a cliff, no matter what's hanging <laughs> you don't, above me. You don't
1: jump off it. You run off it, technically. Well, that's you run a off of it into the... a headwind is what you say. Yeah, well... That's... All right. Johnny, it was great to see you. Thanks for coming on through. So you're leaving tomorrow?
2: We're heading uh, south. We're going to go to uh, Raleigh for an overnight and then two nights in Savannah and then visit my son in Winter Park, Florida, and then on the way to Bonita Springs, where we live.
1: There you go. Spend the winter in Florida. Get that plane fixed up. I should come out to New Mexico this winter. Go yes. on a flight now. You're a single seater, right? Yes, but there can are we, plenty can we can we rent a two seater? Yes,
2: uh, there are people who will take you out. I could take you out.
1: If we ran a two-seater, would you fly me in the back?
2: I probably wouldn't in the sense that I would want to be sure I had more experience With the plane. In, in that particular airplane. Okay. But there are plenty of instructors and trainers who will take you out for a joyride an hour or two, and you'd right, love cool. it. And what's nice about New Mexico is it's not terribly uncommon for me to be at the FAA limit of 18,000 feet. Oh, really? um, That high? That's the maximum you can do without special clearance. Mm. Uh, How
1: long can you stay up when they let you go at 18,000 feet?
2: Oh, well, uh, you're going down at uh, one foot for every 40 feet forward, so a 40-foot glide ratio. You can stay. I have been up for close to five hours. Uh, Five. On one toe. So uh, it's not uncommon for the real guys to do it for seven, eight till sunset. I mean, legally, they have to be on the ground because
1: you can't see. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And when I'm out there, Dad, you and Mom will be in Arizona. You'll be at the uh, Talking Stick Casino. That is true. Killing them at the tables. That is true. Crushing them with their. Or, or else I'll be at no the de- surrender else- soft seventeen bullshit tables. No. Or else
3: I'll be at the Desert Diamond, Glendale.
1: Okay, yes. and I'll just or roll right over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank well, you. This has okay. been a pleasure.
2: We love your uh, uh, amazing mobile office. It's terrific.
1: Good. Were the seats okay? These are new seats. Beautiful. These are Beautiful. upgraded seats to be I love it. But I, I want them to sleep. Don't, don't fall asleep. Anymore. I could sleep here right
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just, the next gen has to be swivel. That's all.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you like the swivel. Yeah. Okay. Next thing you go. <laughs> funny thing is, after that discussion with Johnny about his gliding exploits and his near-death experience, I went to YouTube to try to find some video clips to support a couple of promo clips I'm going to make for that podcast. And I quickly fell down a glider YouTube wormhole. This is a lot of good videos. Including videos of guys who are like two turns that nearly killed me. And then they go through it and he's like, alright, I'm over this ridge here and I realize I'm not going to have the altitude, so I've got to dive down to get speed and then... Huh? Swoop on up like a paper airplane. Pretty cool stuff. Okay, a thought on Gruden. Out, resigned on Monday night. Suddenly, boom, just like that. A fast-moving storm has wiped him out. Uh, The NFL leaking to its preferred media sources, the New York Times and others. Even more emails. With even more derogatory, defamatory, and absolutely unacceptable language about gays and women and Goodell and everything else. It was almost like they were waiting for Mark Davis to do something and it didn't look like he was going to. And maybe Gruden's comments where he's like, you know what? I'm tired of talking about it. Maybe that sent the NFL over the edge. This is a multifaceted story. On the one hand, it is a league organized hit. There's no question. This investigation was done in July. They probably found these emails months ago. So, why now and for what reason? I've heard theories. I don't fully know. Also, there is the angle of cancel culture and, but what about ism and comparisons to this and to that and to everything else. And while I get it, it's not, this is not what that is. As the kids like to say, this ain't it, dog. This is the nuclear tipped racial words of Demoris Smith and his physical appearance as a longstanding racist trope that has been used to to dehumanize African-Americans for years. That was the third rail that was fatal. He couldn't lead men, not just black men, but white players who also are like, what is wrong with you? He couldn't do it anymore after that. The facade had been finally dropped. You know, the whole act of Chucky was always that, just a bit of an act. Hey, guy, tough guy, all right. You know, he tried to channel this inner John Wayne, and it was all bullshit. But now that these came out, it's like, oh, got it. That's how you talk when you think nobody's looking. How could a coach ever gain the trust of his team When they knew this and saw this and they're like, well, (laughs) he said this before when he's in the general manager's, when he is in Mike Mayock's office asking, should we keep this guy or cut him? What's he saying about me? Is it a fair criticism of my abilities or is it something else? Does he like my hair or not? Does he like the music I play? Is he uh, critical of the car I drive? All these things. There was a corrosion of trust that was never going to be repaired. So he's out. And no, this is not going any further. If you think this is going to spread and metastasize, and what about the other 650,000 emails or the other 649,994? It's not going anywhere. Dan Snyder survived this because the league wanted him to survive, just like these emails came out now because the league wanted them to come out now. Dan Snyder has survived because the league wanted to. Now, why would they want him to survive? One theory is that they finally said, look, we're tired of defending your nickname, which I know you think is fine, but it's impeding our ability to use, to you know, market make money with big corporations. So Redskins got to go. And maybe Dan had been fighting the league for a while on this. Now they had their hammer. They could say, okay, now that all this is out, We'll let you stay, but you're changing the name. You know that. We're getting rid of this. This is bad for our business. We don't give a shit about your name. Screw your fans. Screw your history. Screw your marketing. Get rid of it. That could be one theory. The other theory is that Dan Snyder has some goods on some guys in the league. Owners. Other owners. The whole league, Goodell. And that Dan Snyder is enough of a wild card that if you were to press him, if you were to take everything away from him, that he cherishes the ownership of his beloved Redskins. Or, excuse me, football team now. If you were to take that away, he's crazy and vindictive enough to burn it all down. He could be crazy enough to go, okay, well, if I'm going down, I'm going to take as many of you as I can with me. And unlike some other perhaps more mature, slightly older, or more reasonable owners, they might be genuinely afraid of Snyder to go, okay, we definitely don't want him burning down the house from outside. Let's keep him inside the house. If you think that's far-fetched as a theory, could be. What's yours? What's more plausible, then, to keep a guy like Dan Snyder as an owner of one of the 32 precious gems, the precious gems, 3 to $5 billion money-making gold mines known as NFL franchises. I'm all ears. Thanks for listening and downloading. Hope you enjoyed the Now for Something Completely Different podcast today. Tomorrow, something completely old and familiar and comfortable like a pair of broken in jeans. Scott and Solly from the Mobile Strike Studio in their driveway. That'll be on Thursday. That will be for subscribers only. So go to zabe.com slash premium and subscribe to five days a week, not just four. I appreciate your five bucks a month. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great Wednesday and we will see you next time.
3: Wake me up,
1: to make winning this season your best ever with MyBookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than MyBookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with MyBookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie Zulu. Alpha Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, and when you win, get paid.